2: Check one, two, with Lee Sperry. From Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Sperry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Sperry. Took a 24 hour break there. We've made it, though, to this Friday episode of the program. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We're going to cover uh, much ground here today. We're going to have fun. We're going to learn some. And then we're going to speak to an American hero. You, you remember the Candy Bomber, of course. Uh, he has been a staple here in the state of Utah for, for some time. Always generous with his time, sharing his story uh, of of, well bringing hope and joy to folks during a time of their life where there was uh, little of it around. Anyway, he turns 100 years old tomorrow, and he'll be our guest today. We'll wish him a happy birthday and hear some of the lessons he's learned uh, over his 100 years of life. That's coming up later on in the program. To start, though, I want to talk to you for a bit about uh, air quality. Air quality specifically uh, as it impacts students, young people. Uh, School age people. It turns out, uh, according to uh, a new study just released, that there is uh, a correlation between air quality here in the state of Utah and uh, school absences. We'll get into the details of that in just a moment. Uh, One of the professors uh, authoring this study will share with us some of those details and help us understand exactly what this correlation indicates and how they came to observe it. Uh, But first, let's look backwards a little bit. This is uh, nothing new, looking at young people, uh, looking at school-aged people, uh, and making decisions about the classroom and how school will be operated based on the quality of the area is nothing new and in fact uh, this was just uh, last year during fire season KSL television's Tanya Dean explained that some schools opted to keep their kids inside uh, to protect their lungs
0: and at least eight other elementary schools in Davis County kept kids inside today to keep their little lungs healthy
2: the elementary principal at Holbrook in Davis County explained the decision to keep kids in the building.
0: The biggest thing is we have a lot of kids that sometimes have um, some respiratory issues and so we just want to make sure that they feel safe and that um, we don't, obviously we don't want them breathing anything toxic or bad and so we just make sure that they stay in the building.
2: These here are the big, those are the big blunt examples. All right. When, when the air is bad, uh, you know, it makes good sense to keep the kids uh, inside. But how about uh, the, the more nuanced look at things when levels are, are only slightly elevated uh, and we look at neighborhoods and the air quality surrounding, immediately surrounding schools? What does that all tell us? Uh, and when we look at the data in a granular sense, what are we able to extract from that to help us understand all these tough science-y, uh views? We've welcomed onto the program uh daniel mendoza professor with the department of atmospheric sciences the department of city and metropolitan planning and the school of medicine division of pulmonary uh, university of utah Uh, professor mendoza that is a a long title uh it probably means you're pretty smart how are you doing sir
3: good afternoon thanks for the for the invitation doing well
2: that's very good Uh, tell us about the the big findings here in your study what did you look at and what did you discover
3: Well, I really appreciate the background uh, that you provided a couple of minutes ago about how there are many studies and there's much research that has been done in terms of schools and keeping kids safe. That's what we've done. What we've added is we're actually looking at this in in a much more granular way. So what we're doing is we're actually leveraging a very dense observation network. It's actually the densest observation network in the world for air quality because what we have are the stationary air quality sensors that everyone's familiar with from the Division of Air Quality. We also have our own here at the University of Utah that we operate in different parts of the county. But really what clinches this is having uh, air quality sensors on top of the tracks trains. So with that, we're actually able to get a very granular look at air quality at a sub-neighborhood scale. And so that's how we're actually able to look at air quality at different individual schools within the Salt Lake City School District. So instead of looking at, say, county level or even school district level, we're really looking at the differences in terms of air quality at each individual school with uh, research-grade or regulatory-grade reliable uh, air quality sensors. And So with that, we can now see this.
2: Right. So that's the, that's the first half of the observation. And then the second half mm-hmm. is to look at these, the, the school districts themselves, specifically the schools uh, within Salt Lake City, uh, and looking at attendance uh, rates. And you have observed a correlation between the, the, the pollution or at least the particulates in the air as measured, as you mentioned, is very granular level, neighborhood by neighborhood, some cases block by block, uh, you can see that there is uh, at least a correlating relationship between uh, absences and uh, pollution.
3: Absolutely. And that's, uh, as you just mentioned, the second half is being able to look at individual schools and absences on a daily level. Because now we can look at, for example, what happened in terms of, air quality on a particular day and its effect, not even just the day following that, but we actually looked at five days following uh, and any kind of air quality event. We really looked at three full years of data, which include observations and air quality. And what we found was that there is definitely a correlation between exposure to air quality uh, or to air pollutants and subsequent absences. So what really gave us a lot of definition was not just looking at, again, individualized exposure across the school district, and we actually do see vast differences, uh, particularly during inversion events or wildfire events. But what we found is that even levels that we consider uh, green air quality for example or healthy levels lower levels of pollutants are also associated with uh, with subsequent day absences
2: there's variability within the the good classification your the, the detail with which you were able to look at the pollutants you can see that variability and when that gets closer to the upper threshold you can see movement on the on the other side of the data the absences in schools
3: yes well we actually found two very different patterns. What we found was when there are high levels of pollution, uh, we would see absences uh, the following day. The strongest signal is really the following day or two days following uh, high p- uh, levels of pollution. And we think that that's really just sort of an, ac- an acute exposure. Uh, all of a sudden, for example, kids are either walking to school or just being exposed, playing maybe at home or being at school or during recess. And then they get exposed and then that triggers a reaction that, uh, Leads to the absences, but what we also did was we also broke up the study and looked at just the days of low or green air qual- low levels of pollution or greener quality, what we commonly call green air quality. And what we found was that uh, that it took about three days for us to really notice an increase in absences. So, what what this really sheds light on is that cumulative exposure, even at lower levels that we may be thinking are safe, do lead to negative Uh, health outcomes and one of the reasons why we think this pattern works this way is because if we for example see a visible pollution we may want to you know for example keep kids indoors or we may just want to protect ourselves but when we think that the air quality is okay when we don't see a visible cue or we're not getting any of the warnings for example by the media for example saying it's an inversion air day Mm. uh, people may just not uh, may may not think that it could affect them. Kids go out, they play, they breathe deeper, they breathe more oxygen uh, per uh, unit of, of of size of weight, and so they so it, you may not get the reaction immediately, but the cumulative effects still do add up and do lead to negative health outcomes.
0: Mm.
2: Uh, right now, the the study presents uh, merely a corollary or a correlation between these two data sets. Uh, what, what what prevents us from asserting that it's the cause?
3: there are many uh, factors that really go into this and what we did find is that there's a difference in terms of uh, in terms of the relationship between absences and air pollution when we see this we see that for example schools on the west side and what I did was I broke up uh, the district of so West high school is the easternmost west side school and then uh, the other side is uh, the other schools are are the east side schools we actually see a higher response rate on some of the east side schools, meaning that for the same level of pollution, more kids are absent on the west side schools. We think that there are many social demographic factors, including, uh, for example, just an overall health, uh, healthy food availability, and uh, potentially even transiency, meaning uh, that families may be moving more, and really other socioeconomic factors that could play into this. So we think that Air pollution is definitely a contributing factor, but we really want to understand, and we want to understand this from a social sciences perspective, what other additional factors play into this.
2: Uh, Professor, this is fascinating research, and I thank you for your expertise and your time with us here on the air. Our time has expired, though, and I have to say goodbye. I'd love to uh, continue discussing these findings, and I look forward to your future research. Uh, Professor Daniel Mendoza, thanks again.
3: Thanks a lot. Have a
2: We're going to take a break right now. When we return, we're going to continue on this principle of uh, correlation versus causation. There are so many findings that you can observe uh, in society, and it is difficult to say that one thing is the cause of the another. Does that make sense? We have seen here in this study that uh, with an uptick in air pollution, there is also an uptick in pollution, or I'm sorry, in school absences. Well, what about... An uptick in, seat, in, in car seat regulation and a downturn in birth rate. Could car seats be leading to fewer births? Mike Lee thinks so. I'll share all those details and explain what I'm talking about next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.
1: A
0: gun in the face.
1: Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought.